1: Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast here with Tracy Newman and as always joined by my good friend Dan Bentley and I'd like to start off by acknowledging that I'm recording here in Adelaide so I would like to acknowledge the Ghana as custodians of the Adelaide region and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging.
0: Yeah, and I'm based in the inner west of Melbourne, so I'd like to pay my respects to the traditional owners and the of the land on which I'm located on, and they are the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations. And I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders,
1: past, present, and emerging. Great, thank you. So, to kick off today, Dan, what is it we're talking about?
0: Today, we want to talk about the co in co design. Like, what does it actually mean? And I'm not talking about a dictionary definition. We're not going to talk about you know all different things that that co could stand for because it's kind of obvious what it means. But what we want to talk about in particular is in practice, what does the co mean? And where this is coming from is we've picked this up off a number of different conversations we've had recently where sometimes people are thinking that co-design is actually just about the voice of lived experience and just about the voice of your clients or the people you support. And that's what we want to sort of unpack today. Is it just about that or is it that co really standing for well, it's actually everybody.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, it's a, a really important topic because what we're finding is that now some people are thinking that I guess, to do it well and to do it right, that they need to be prepared to kind of hand over all power and everything to people with lived experience. And that, of course, makes it really difficult for people to be able to integrate this way of working into their organisation because there's all of those sort of concerns and fears that go alongside of that that gets in the way of really being able to meaningfully include the voice of lived experience. I mean, the whole idea of co design is that you have all those different perspectives and you end up with a far better outcome than if you only have a room full of experts. But I guess there's different types of expertise and so you want to make sure that you've got diversity in that expertise that you've got in the room. And again, that could be only the voice of lived experience or only the voice of, you know, those sort of technical experts, whereas we know that it works so much better when you've got that combination.
0: I love this quote. I got this in a book or something when I was like 22 or something. It stuck around me for a long time, but it's not one of us is smarter than all of us. And I think for me, that's what co-design really means is that it's about all those perspectives. That's where the gold is. It's not that one person's perspective is the answer because that's what we kind of had before, right? That's what we had as experts saying, This is the answer and that's kind of where we are today. So, just to shift that pendulum to the other side and say, it's just about clients and people with lived experience is also just kind of just shifting it the other way. But that sweet spot in the middle is what you are sort of saying there, Trace, is that it's all those opinions are valid. It's all those opinions are shared and it's all those people working together to find something that works from a 360-degree view of the problem not just one person's perspective of the problem.
1: That's right. And I think it's really important to sort of acknowledge power dynamics in this conversation as well because I think that may potentially be where some of this conversation has started because you do need to make sure that you are – you know making it easy for the people with lived experience to share their experiences and you've got to understand you know potentially the impacts of trauma you've got to understand that there's often a historical context that makes it really difficult for them to be able to share their experience so you do need to when you're creating that environment you need to be really mindful of those power dynamics and you need to make it safe for people to share their experiences and and for them to speak up. But I think, again, there's that sweet spot in the middle where you want to make it safe for people and you want to make sure that they have a voice and that they are heard and that that power is shared appropriately, which again means that sometimes you need to put things in place to provide additional support to people with lived experience. But again, that doesn't mean that that additional support is all of the power, that means that it's additional support so that they can collaborate effectively.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good call. out. I hadn't actually thought about where this might be coming from. And I think you're right. I think that's where it might actually be coming from is that that we haven't been doing this traditionally in a lot of organizations. So, moving to that way of working and including those voices has meant a lot of additional effort and focus and Also, a lot of additional power sharing and those sorts of things, like you just said, Trace. I hadn't really thought about that from that perspective, but you still do need to do that. I don't think you can just chuck these people in a in a room full of experts and expect for them to swim (laughs) without anything. Like chuck them in the deep end. I think you're right, and we're and you know, if anyone that's listening, we're definitely not saying do that. You know, everyone fight for themselves to get a voice. There is, like Tracy mentioned, still some things that you need to do to make sure that. That everyone's voice is shared and everybody can contribute equally. There are those sorts of things. So, there may need to be additional focus on certain cohorts to help them and empower them to be able to do that. But yes, I guess what we're sort of saying on top of all that though is is that once you do that, then it's about let's get everybody to work together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that does sometimes need to sort of be where your facilitators bring that creativity to be able to design activities that give people the opportunity to be able to participate in a way that's meaningful, that, you know, make sure that they're facilitating those conversations, that make sure that they're preparing everybody before they even get into the room so that people come in, you know, with that clear understanding and uh, have those really rich conversations as well as a co-design team. You know, how are we going to work together? What's really important to us? Do we understand that nobody has veto power in this conversation? you know for anything other than you know i think that's a bad idea so we're not going to do it. <laughs> it just doesn't exist in these kind of environments so doing that work is still very very important and that's what really sets you up to be able to collaborate successfully
0: yeah and we do a bit of work in the health space and i think this is where this stands out the most is sometimes when we're talking to people about co-designing that clinicians and and consultants and, and, and specialists in that space have been operating in and have been trained in a very specialized and expert type way and I, I literally just came off a conversation about this this morning so I was really fresh in my mind but the challenge is how do you help those people to you know still recognize their expertise and utilize their specialty but at the same time what's that balance for them around co-designing I think Those sorts of roles are especially challenging.
1: Are you looking for innovative ways for your organisation to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. I think, again, it's about um, sometimes there's a little bit of fear in the unknown. I can empathise. You know, when you've spent years learning and years developing your knowledge and your experience and your expertise to then have the idea that somebody else has more input into what happens than you do and that you all of those years you've spent developing that knowledge and expertise count for nothing. I mean, if I was looking at it through that frame, I would think, well, that's a really bad idea. (laughs) Like, that's not what I want for myself. And, you know, I mean, there's a reason why people go into these fields and it's because they care about others and they want to contribute and they want to make a difference. So, to be told that, again, their experience and their expertise doesn't help people and doesn't make a difference, that would be really confronting. I would probably in that same position go, well, I don't want to progress. I don't want to proceed down this this aisle. This seems like a really bad idea. But I think if we stop and think about, no, this is about enhancing that experience and it's in, it's about enhancing that expertise. I mean we've all seen those examples of collaboration where what you create together is so much more effective and powerful than what you create on your own that really just giving people the opportunity to try and to implement new ways of working and build on their knowledge and experience is the best way of going about it, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, you know, at an individual level, I've experienced some really great conversations with medical professionals just in my own, going about my own day-to-day life. And I think where they add a lot of value and when they do this in a, in a really good way is when they use their expertise to inform me and educate me. And then give me options and ask me questions around how could this look and what would work for you. I think those sorts of approaches can work really well at an individual level. And then I think when you take it up a level, you know, we quite often talk about the three different levels of co-design. We talk about the individual level. So that's just an example I gave before, like me and a a GP or whatever I was or a specialist that I was talking about. The next level is that program and service level. And then obviously then above that is that executive sort of strategic level. Of the organization but if we take it up a level to that program service level you know sometimes it can be we've done a few projects in the past where you know we go here's kind of the the science here's kind of the medical element of it but in what way would this experience best work for everybody you're using that expertise to almost set, sometimes set some guide rails and some parameters around this is where the space that we're going to be creative in and collaborative in um, because we know that this is actually the science and what we want to do is help that stuff to translate into an experience that would be good for you as a patient.
1: Yep. I think that's a great example of how you can measure both of those things. I think I also would like to take this conversation in a slightly different direction but also uh, something that I've seen a lot of conversation about that I also think is worth including in this conversation, and that's about the role of the facilitator. So, often what I'm hearing is that it's important for the facilitator to have lived experience, and I'm not going to suggest that it's not important for the facilitator to have lived experience, but what I am going to say is it's more important that the facilitator is impartial and that the facilitator is there to facilitate the conversation, not to direct the conversation, not to have input into the conversation and not to steer the conversation. So, I think that's a really important thing to consider as well because often what I hear is that, you know, it would have been better if there was somebody with lived experience facilitating that conversation and I would counter to say, no, it would be better to have a good facilitator facilitating that conversation because, Uh, we all have a whole range of lived experiences. And again, the experience that I'm talking about was one where it was actually the facilitator had an invisible disability and they were facilitating a conversation amongst people who were living with a disability. And the overwhelming feedback was that it would have been more appropriate to have somebody, you know, with a disability facilitating that conversation. And again, I would say that that it shouldn't be up to the facilitator to then need to have that conversation, that it is just more important that we understand the roles of the different people within that co-design and the facilitator's role is really just to set up the right environment for the conversation, but not to be a part of that conversation or direct the conversation.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I've, I've seen some examples and even in the past, I've done it myself where I've participated like participated and facilitated at the same time and it's <laughs> it's not good it's uh something I wouldn't do these days that's for sure
1: yeah and look i think sometimes what happens is people within an organization are nominated to facilitate because that's their job and that's what they do as in the outcome is their job. And so they start to facilitate the conversation, but they've been given really clear parameters as to what outcome they need to get to. And that's really not facilitation. That's, as you said, when you combine participating and facilitation. Yeah. So thank you. Look, it's it's an important conversation just to be able to really establish what the co and co-design means uh, and the different roles and responsibilities. um, And again, you know, really put forward a case for the power of collaboration. So thanks so much.
0: Always a pleasure, Trace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.